Welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is the one and only official podcast of Waxwork.com. Unlike, of course, all of those imitator Waxwork.com podcasts out there, those are all lying fakes. This is the real thing, as I'm sure you can tell. Um, my name, as I said, is Jordan D. White. I'm sure you all knew that. And with me are my three co-hosts. First up, here is my little lovely gray cat. His name is Scapey. Say hello, sir. Hello. How is everybody doing out there in the audience tonight? I hope you are good. Um, I am very good all the time, so there's that. That's good. That's good if you do always be good. Uh, what have you been doing this weekend? Anything exciting? Oh, no, not so much. I've been mostly sleeping. Uh, I was singing a video earlier just for fun. Um, but that's about it. I, I do spend a lot of time sleeping. I was up in my cat tree, my little cat tree, like, playhouse thing. Good, good. I'm glad you were up there doing that. Uh, that sounds like exciting fun. Um, let's move on to our other hosts. Uh, Mr. Rory Sinjin, for example. Hello, I am famed historian Rory Sinjin. Yes, that you are. That you are a uh, historian. Are you famed, though? I didn't realize you were famed. Among certain circles. Uh, it's getting to be more and more, uh, a little bit more all the time. I am, of course, a, as you know, historian, historian to the stars. I do historical tellings to people uh, who have the, the money to, to pay for them, and I tell them things, in addition to, of course, my studies at the Brooklyn Institute for Extra Historical Studies. Yes, all of those things are true, and and, the, and you do a bit for our show called This Day in History, or an old bit called This Day in History, and a new bit called Where Are They Now in History? Yes, uh, those are relatively minor part of my of my uh, output at this point. My, my studies and my professional work as a historian, as an extra historian, are the bulk of my, my output at this time. And you do, like I said, and you do this for money, you, you, you read alternate histories for celebrities. Yes. Can you name us some of the celebrities? Oh, no, 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 no. It's in strict confidence that I do these readings. I, I could not tell or else my, my clients would, I would lose my clients' trust. Of course, that is true. That is true. Well, let's move on to Frank Allen. Mr. Frank Allen. Hello there. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, Jordan. You're in a very chipper mood, Mr. Frank. Uh, my understanding is you have some exciting news and exciting plans for us today. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. I am very excited because uh, you may or may not know I have a job currently um, in which I am working at a uh, respectable chain of supermarkets. And what happened was a, a nice thing happened for, to me for once, which is that a producer came in from a an actual radio station, a New York radio station. Oh, really? And uh, let me guess, they were so impressed by your ability to stock shelves. They said, you know what? We've got shelves at our radio station. Yeah, very funny. No, no, very funny. But I, I did have an opportunity to speak with him and I let him know that I was a radio host who did not have a position currently, that I had been doing radio shows and that I'm now doing a, a podcast in which I have, in which I, in which I host things. Oh yeah? Yeah. And what happened? Well, uh, he he was very gracious, and he said he would love to listen. I told him I would do something special. I would do something special for him on this podcast. So he is going to be downloading this podcast, and he's going to be listening to what what I've got. And you've got something special planned? Absolutely, absolutely. This now, as I'm sure you were going to tell him in a minute, probably. I, go ahead, though. This episode is a uh, slightly different episode because we've got only two shows. We've got one show, uh, Guard Duty, but then we've got an extra long episode of Tractor Fiction. It's it's a very long episode called The Curse of Baphomet. So those are the only two shows we've got. But then I've got something special plan for after that. Oh, really? What What? What could that be? I, I would love to hear. Well, again, it's, a, it's special. It's a surprise. But suffice it to say, I've got lined up a really excellent Frank Allen interview. That's excellent. I'm very, very impressed. So what's, who's this, what, what radio station is this guy with? Well, I, you know, I don't want to say, I, I mean, I probably shouldn't say, you know, because, you know, I don't want him to get scared off, but hopefully you'll find out when you, when you hear good news in the future. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, we could, if, if, if all of a sudden you've got a job on W schmoogie loogie 
Loogie will be like, I guess that's. Oh no, it's not Smoogie. I mean, there's no. It's a, it's a very good, very respectable radio station, a very professional place. No, I wasn't. I wasn't saying they were like likened to a Smoogie, whatever it was. I said, I'm. I'm just okay. It was a placeholder. WXXX. No, I think that that would be like a pornographic radio station. I don't think they have pornographic radio stations. Although that would be kind of funny if they did. No, it's not a pornographic. No, look, let's just, can we, uh, my point is, I've got a very special show. I'm very excited about it. I, I want to impress this guy. So we're going to, we're going to pull out all the stops. We're going to get important people. We're going to get important things done. It's going to be fun as well. Excellent. That sounds really impressive. I agree. I agree. Uh, Scapey, did you have any comments on, on Frank and, and his luck, his chances of doing this? Uh, they're pretty good, I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know why everybody's always obsessed with getting a job, because I don't have a job, and I don't want a job. Wait, you you have a job? You, I mean, you told me you had a job. You told me that you fulfilled a function here in the house that you chase away demons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do chase demons out of the house. I do keep the house demon-free. But it's not like a, a regular job job. I don't, like, crack in. I don't be like, oh, time to start chasing the demons today. No, it's like, if there's a demon, I chase it out. If there's a couple, I chase them both out. And if I sense demonishness, I would just be like, oh, I'm on guard. I better uh, watch out. It doesn't, it's not like, it's not like a workaday job. All right, well, I mean, but the thing is that people do it because people, people do want jobs because they, you know, need to make money in order to have things. And I don't need money. I don't do anything that involves money. No, you do. Everything you do involves money. You just don't know it because you don't have any money. Well, then how can it, no, that doesn't even work. If I don't have money, I live fine without money. Done. End of it. It's the end of it for you. It, you have this apartment because we pay money for this apartment. You have food because we pay money for food. What? No, no, no. Nobody pays money for food. That's... You kill food. We don't kill all the food that you eat. No, I kill it. You don't kill the food you... We put food in your bowl. It's dry food. There's no... It's not a little from a dry food animal. Well, good. It's not. It doesn't... You didn't kill it. We put it... We bought it at a store with money. We put it in the food bowl. And the moist food, too, is the same thing. Well, if you say. But anyway, point is, job sounds like... Terrible. It, it depends whether you like your job. I like my job. Rory seems to like his job. Oh, I do. It's, it's excellent. I, and, I, and it pays quite well. I have really multiple jobs. I mean, I have the job of, of gaining my degree at the Institute. But also, of course, the, like I said, the celebrity job, it's, it's, a, it's a much much less work than trying to get my degree. But it pays quite a bit more. So it's, it's, it's quite preferable in many ways. After I get my degree, I, I'm sure I'll just go into professional celebrity alternate history reading uh, pr- full-time. I mean, not full-time as in I'll work full-time. Of course, it, it, I would have to work sufficiently less than that to make a good amount of money. But I mean, that will be my primary job. And it seems like it will support me quite well. Yes, you see. So, and Frank is trying to get a job that will make him happy. Yeah. Uh, which is, again, a radio host. I think I have I have the skills necessary. I have the, the demeanor. I have the, uh, the know-how and the desire to make it happen. Uh, I have the drive. You know, I, I mean, I work long hours now, so you know I can work long hours. Because, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be able to live in the city working the job I work at if I didn't work more, way more than 40 hours a week. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> that job is barely pays anything at all. Yeah, I know. Uh, so my point is, yeah, the point is that I have the, I have the ability. I, I, I put in the extra time. I do the things that are necessary. I mean, here I am doing this show for no money, only the potential of, of, of maybe someone hearing it who, who matters. Oh, and the end that you like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like being a host and this is all I can get. No, I mean, you like the whole, I mean, you like doing this. Yeah. 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 Good. Because I wouldn't want you to be slumming it with us. No, no, no. That's not the case. I have, I take pride in my work, so I wouldn't be here if I wasn't, uh, proud of what I'm doing here, right? Well, I certainly hope so, uh, because I, I must say I, Jordan, don't need to be here. I don't need your exposure. I, I have plenty on my own, and I'm here because of the joy, and also as, as a thank you, because you gave me an opportunity to share my, my work with people before, and now I, I feel that in some way I do owe you. I mean, not financially, of course, I, the money I'm making is to keep, but, you know, that I owe you spiritually in a way, and so that it's good of me to, to repay you by, by loaning you some of my abilities. You owed him, okay, you owed, oh, I'm sorry, you owed him spiritually, and so you're paying him back in ability from, from a certain point of view. That's an interesting point of view. Uh, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm, I, I'm very pleased that all of us can do the show. I'm very happy to be doing the show. I'm glad Frank is here to do the show, to introduce his bits, and to add some new segments, especially this new big deal he's going to have today. And I'm glad that Rory does Where Are They Now in History? Because it's a really fascinating update to the 
uh, this day in history. Let's let's get to the next show. And by next, I mean first. This is Guard Duty. Uh, last time we heard the show, we heard Captain Fantasy and Dr. Fast talking. We only have one more member of the Earth Guard that we haven't met, and we're about to meet her. Her name is Binary Girl. And in this episode, we hear her talking with Voodoo Lady. Now, Voodoo Lady, we did meet very briefly at the end of season one. But this is also the first full episode with her in it as well. So in a way, this is two new characters. Let's get right to it. Here's Double Talk. The Earth Guard. The planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, Voodoo Lady and Binary Girl in Double Talk. Man, I haven't decided yet. I'm not sure if I'm ready. It's a big commitment. Believe me, I know about commitment. I've been married 15 years. Trust me, if I wasn't committed, then I would have to be committed. That's just it. I don't want to rush into it. I know people who've regretted it, and it was hell trying to go back. How old are you? 25. Hmm, you are getting up there. If not now, when? How old were you when you did it? Me? I was 16. But that was more an act of rebellion than it was a reflection of any wisdom or forethought. Sixteen? Is a sixteen-year-old a lady? More than a twenty-five-year-old is a girl. No, yeah, I was young, but of course I didn't see it that way. I had been going out as voodoo child for two years at that point, but I already felt like I was an expert on everything. (laughs) Add to that the fact that my mother had been calling me child since I can remember. I couldn't wait to change it. I don't know, I've just been hesitant. I've been binary girl for, what, seven years now? No, eight. I don't want to, you know, ruin my juju. (laughs) Please, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Broadband changed from dial-up, and that went off without a hitch. Yeah, but you remember when Dr. Fast switched to Supersonic Man to protect his identity? Then when he switched back for months, people had no idea what was going on, who was who. I remember a big headline in Cleveland, Supersonic Man missing, officials presume hero dead. (laughs) Oh, God, yes. That year for his birthday, I had it framed. (laughs) I thought Dr. Fast hates birthdays. A yearly reminder of my failure to cure the disease of age. Which made it a double good gift. Of course, I I may have accidentally left off my signature. Wait, wait, wait. Four years ago? Isn't that when Dr. Fast started hating the Jack? Hate is a strong word. Oh my god, you just let him think the Jack did it all this time. They never really liked each other much anyway. It's no big deal. Easy for you to say Dr. Fast loves you. Whatever, like I care. Fast is so full of himself. Somebody needs to shove his mistakes under his nose once in a while. Let him know he's human like the rest of us. Or most of us. Who does he think he is? A large Hawaiian? I called it in. What? No, not you. It's the other me. No, not you. Sorry. Oh, you're picking up the pizza? That's it. Thanks. Don't forget soda. Captain Fantasy finished the last bottle. Oh, actually, a bottle of soda, too. That's fine. You know what I hate about Fast? How he thinks he knows everything about everything. Even if he has no idea what he's talking about, he'll just say whatever pops into his head as if it was a complete fact. Sure, I can sign that for you. This one time, he tried to tell me that Goblin Girl came from Australia. Which, I don't have any idea where he pulled that choice nugget from. I've only fought her, oh, about 300 billion times. She's 100% Irish! Sure, what's her name? Her name? I don't know. O'Shaughnessy or something? No, I'm signing something, sorry. Continue. She got her start conjuring for the IRA, for Christ's sake. And he's trying to tell me some Australian is using magic to summon up banshees and frickin' leprechauns? Then he has the nerve to tell me that that's not even what they were. They were manifestations of aboriginal legends. And they weren't even real. They were mental projections. Hello, who's the magical one here? <laughs> what a complete jackass. No, no, not you. I'm, I'm sorry, the other me is with Voodoo Lady, and... No, I swear I wasn't. Your magazine... 
great. Just great. I meant that's going to make the password. <sighs> Who cares what that rag says about you? Yeah, I know, but I wasn't even talking Relax. about- Relax. No wonder you never changed your name. You're such a nervous Nelly about everything. Who cares what the public thinks? I know, I know. You're right. I'm a superhero. I'm supposed to be somewhat invulnerable, right? Exactly. Just the other day, those password bastards tried to pass off some cock-and-bull story about Peas Blossom and some mystery girl running around together. Peas Blossom, can you believe it? Wait, they were... they said Peas Blossom was gay? They didn't come out and say it, but it was there between the lines. Yeah, I mean, they practically said it. They could have put out a headline, Gay Fairy, and it would have pretty much been the same story. I never really thought of her that way. That's because it's ridiculous. You know those pigs, Peas Blossom is a sexy girl, or fairy, or whatever. All the guys think she's hot, and <gasps> gasp, sin of sins, she's not with anyone. She must be gay. Set aside the fact that she's practically a different species, it must be that she doesn't like men. I mean, how egotistical can you get? You should have seen the way that the stallion was looking at her when he saw her in her new outfit. She was totally oblivious, of course, but it certainly rumpled his saddle blanket. Ugh, don't get me started on him. If anyone could rival Dr. Fast in a contest of pomposity, it's our fearless leader. Why? What did he do now? Well, that's right. You weren't there yesterday. No, I told you I was stuck in traffic at the time back in L.A. Yeah. I couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's me, Dr. Fast, Captain Fantasy, Broadband, and Mr. Fahrenheit, okay? We're fighting the mollusk. He's got these giant squid attacking New York, right? Yeah, I remember. Well, we've already got three of the damn things taken out before Mr. Kentucky Derby even shows up. We've pretty well got beaten the suckers down to a science, right? But no, of course. Once the bucking Bronco is on the scene, it's his ball game. Everything we've been doing goes right out the window. Well, he's the leader of the Earth Guard. We took down three of them before he even got there. Three out of four. Broadband was leading us fine. Stallion should have kept his snout out of things. If he hadn't pulled me off holding Mollusk's shell in place to catch some falling building, he wouldn't have gotten away. In your dreams, pig. No, no, Voodoo, not, not you. Uh, some jerk outside the L.A. office. You're almost back then? I'll be right up. Great, I'm starved. Well, fancy meeting you here. We were just talking about you. Who's that? No, I'm not. I'm in the guard room with Voodoo Lady right now on guard duty, so I can't... Rain check? I'll hold you to that. Please tell me it's not the Jack with his Scrabble nonsense. He cheats, you know. No, it's Peas Blossom. She... No, she won't. I'm sure she won't, uh, mind if you have some pizza. Hmm. I'd always thought she was a vegetarian. She was, but she was just experimenting with it for a while. It didn't work out. No, vegetarianism. A moment there, it seemed like it was you who had been spreading these so vicious lies about me and with whom I gallivant. Why would I do that? I hear the password pays a pretty penny for scoops. Well, I'll just have to take my word then, Peas. I don't need the money. Perhaps if you were in financial straits, you might consider coming to me first before you smear my name across the press. I'm sure I'd spare a farthing for a friend. Considering the number of product endorsements you do, I'm sure you could spare more than a farthing. I cannot see what's wrong with mentioning the products of your world that live up to the standards of the... Attention, Earth Guard. We have a priority A1 emergency in Baltimore. Mollusk is attacking the city with an enormous fleet of crabs. Thousands of them, all different shapes and sizes. People have got crabs all over the city. <laughs> the mayor has put through an official request for our assistance. We need everyone available to rendezvous Oh, Jesus, does he even hall. listen to himself talking? We're on the job. Oh, oh, we had better get going. And I'll be honored to accompany. Another pizza goes cold. Hazards of the job. Maybe I should be committed. Let's go. Duty by Jordan D. White with Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator, Devin White as Voodoo Lady, Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl, Angela Tymon as Peas Blossom, Rich Bellin as The Stallion with theme song by Michael D. Mikowski.
And that was Guard Duty Series 2, Episode 2. Hopefully you all uh, dug it. I, I thought it was pretty good. I liked it because it had Mom in it. And it had our friend Rin in it. And uh, that's about all. I, I mean, I liked it fine. Good, good, good. Frank, Roy, did you have anything you want to say about it? Not particularly, no. Uh, but, you know, I'm glad I'm glad that you had a good time with that show. You seem to enjoy making it. I did, I did. Rory, did you? Yeah, thank you. Okay, in that case, let's go right on to This Day in History, which is the exciting uh, segment, as I said, that Rory does. Yes, please. Hello, my name is Roy Sinjin with This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Back on May 26th, 1868, at the end of an historic two-month trial, the U.S. Senate narrowly fails to convict President Andrew Johnson of the impeachment charges levied against him by the House of Representatives. The Senators voted 35 guilty and 19 not guilty on charges related to violation of the Tenure of Office Act. Let's listen. Andrew Johnson, is it true that in your tenure of office, you did not teach your children nor your cabinet members children how to read. I'm confused. I thought that British guy just said I was innocent. Why are you still harassing me, Senator? I never said you were innocent. And who are you for that matter? Andrew Johnson, the greatest president to succeed Abraham Lincoln. Andrew Johnson? My father? Why, I had to travel to England to learn how to read and speak, do mathematics and know the history of the world because you never took a hand in my education. You were a poor father and a poor president. And look at what an amazing man it's made you today. Clearly, my negligence has brought you up to be an outstanding individual. Harumph for me, gentlemen. Harumph. That's true, because I was not helped. I had to help myself and take a hand in my own education. And he grew up to be the third wisest man in the United States Senate. Huzzah for Andrew Johnson Jr. But no, he didn't take a hand. The charge, he's obviously guilty. Oh, but it's not the son who is at fault. It's the fault of the father for being neglectful. No, exactly. We are, we, are, we are here to, to, to convict the father. Can't you hear my good education in my English voice? No, I can't. Then you're deaf, my man. I guess I am. Egad, you blackguards, don't you get the most simple point? That walking cadaver Andrew Johnson should be shot from a cannon. Well, Andrew Ex- jo- Excuse me, this is Andrew Johnson here. I, I believe I was found to be innocent. I'm going to leave now, all right? Farewell, Dad. Thanks for all the help over the years. Well, I shall continue talking anyway long into the night. And the Senate did keep on talking long into the night when they did decide that um, England was a better father than Andrew Johnson, and they were all adopted by England. Uh, make sure that you are a better father than he was. Take a hand in your child's education. Make sure they're learning the things that you think they should. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Ah, 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 we're not done yet. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Captain Wax with Where Are They Now in History? I'm sure you're all wondering what happened after the U.S. Senate was adopted by England. It's a fascinating story. England was only too happy to take the U.S. Senate back into its embrace and have it as its own child. Yes, in fact, it did take it in, bought it all new clothes, gave it a little beanie with a little propeller on top of it, and sent it off to school. And so it went to school and learned its ABCs, learned to read, learned to write, and every night England would say to U.S. Senate, what did you learn today? And the U.S. Senate would go through the lessons of the day and say, oh, I learned about cats, and I learned about dogs, and I learned about... Whatever. And then when the U.S. Senate would say, I want to watch some telly, and it would put on the telly, and there would be some sort of violent show with lots of sexual content, England would say, hold on, I don't think that's just an appropriate show for my child. And England would take an interest in what the Senate was doing and say, I think I'd better learn a little bit about that film before I take you to it, so that I don't accidentally take you to see Basic Instinct, when I really want you to go out and see something nice like Muppets Take Manhattan. The fact is, U.S. Senate grew up to become president. So make sure you take an interest in your child's education and upbringing, because maybe your child will become president, or at the very least, a minor government employee. Thank you very much. And this is Where Are They Now in History? I'm Rory Sinjin. Thank you very much, Rory. That was very impressive. It was a very good job. Uh, Frank, you, this is the point at which you usually berate him, so I thought I'd give you the opportunity. No, I don't, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'd berate him. I'd say I, I very professionally question his, uh, his, 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 his thesis and his, what he's putting forward. Uh, this time I would, I would question, for example, the idea that the Senate of America could grow up to become the president doesn't really make a lot of sense because here's why. First of all, uh, there's, there's a, uh, I think that there's something that would prevent multiple people from being president at the same time. That's an interesting fact. I, I will put, I will put to you there that I don't believe there's anything in the constitution that says a body of people cannot serve as president all at the same time. I, you know, I don't know. It's probably not explicitly in there. But it's probably, uh, you know, basically there. But it's not basically that. If it's not there, it's not there. What I mean is, uh, you know, the president is a position for one person. So one person at a time. Does it say that explicitly or not? Well, I, I don't know exactly. I don't have the constitution here. Well, no, the, no, look, 
It, the, the, the presidency, look, fine, it says it. The presidency is for one person. It doesn't say that. You're making it up. Making it up. You were just making, you were making the whole thing up. This is not what, this is, you're just making everything up. There was no time that the Senate was adopted by England. And England's not a person either. England's a country. Well, then it works out, doesn't it? The entire country of England can adopt the entire Senate. They can split up all of the members of the Senate amongst groups of English people. And they all take care of them together. But they act as one body. What do you mean they act as one body? How can, how can a country act as one body? Well, it's metaphoric, of course. In the same way that, you know, I've mentioned before. We could say that us Americans do such and such a thing. Well, in this case, we're saying England does this. England, people like to say... Oh, England doesn't brush its teeth very much, does it? Well, this is just like that, because it's saying England adopts the child, England gives it a beanie, England sends it to school. So you mean the governing body of England enacts these things on behalf of the people? Well, no, because the governing body of England doesn't enact not brushing its teeth. The governing body of England has nothing to do with those things. It's just people are making broad generalizations. Okay, so the entire thing is a broad generalization. You're just well, Frank, it's just a comedy bit. I don't know why you're getting so worked up about it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Jordan. Uh, thank you for trying to defend me, but it's not a comedy bit. It's a historical bit. It's a, it's an educational bit that tells you about something that happened in an alternate reality. In that reality, listen, in that reality, the entire country of England literally adopted the Senate as a child. It's, that's the way it went. Well, then I, I have to say, I'm sort of with Frank. How does that even work? How can that work on a literal level? It just does. It, look, I don't have to explain it because the fact is, as uh, you're not extra historians, you don't understand these things. That's the way that extra history works. We can postulate that this other reality exists. It does exist. It does. Because there's an infinite number of, of universes and an infinite number of realities. Any reality we can conceive of is within the scope of infinity. It just doesn't, that doesn't sound right. But it is. For, for example, I've I used this on the interview I did the other day. For example, think of this. If I have an infinite number of numbers, right? I have every number in the world, every number imaginable. It's an infinite number of numbers, right? It's an infinite number line. Now think of a number. Okay, I've got it. Now, okay, tell me what it is. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a like a magic trick. You're going to tell me the number. No, no, no. You tell me the number. 86. That's one of the numbers. What do you mean? On the, on the infinite number. If I have an infinite number line with all numbers on it, 86 is on there. Well, yeah, it's a number. No, no, but what I'm saying is any number you think of, 1,576, it's on there. Negative 3,000 billion quasimillion, except that quasimillion is not a real number. If that was a real number that you could represent, it's on that line. Any number you can think of is somewhere on that line. You can't come up with a combination of digits that doesn't fit on that line. It, it, it has to exist. All right, uh, if you say so. Speaking of things that aren't necessarily true, this is a time for tractor fiction, Frank. Uh, well, I don't know why you say it's not necessarily true. Because there's a debate whether it's true or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, in that respect, yeah, it is kind of like, is it true or not? So, okay, that, that's that's true. Uh, here, we've got an episode, like I said, it's extra long. It's because it's called The Curse of Baphomet, and it has to do with Freemasons. Now, we actually knew an actual Freemason, so this is kind of double. It's it, it's it's just like a regular episode of Tractor Fiction, but the debate is longer, and it has a little bit of educational stuff in it, in that we talk to an actual Freemason. Are you implying that most episodes of Tractor Fiction are just bogus nonsense? No, uh, no, 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 I wouldn't... Uh, uh, I wouldn't imply that. Good, because that would, I mean, then why would anybody listen to it? No, no. Uh, you, I mean, you should listen to every episode. So this is just, it's just a longer episode. There's nothing more more educational about it. Just It's just longer. All right, if you say so. Why don't we get to it? Absolutely. Welcome to Tractor Fiction, where we explore the work of Jack Chick on the radio. This episode is called The Curse of Bafflement. And now we begin. On a dark and stormy night, as the rain falls hard upon the roof of the home of Mr. and Mrs. Scott, a police officer comes to their front door with some terrible news. Mr. Scott, we couldn't reach you by phone because of the storm. I'm Charlton Heston. What is it, officer? Sir, I'm sorry to tell you, but your son has been shot. Shot? With one of my guns? I mean, is, is he alive? My son, Tommy. Yes, sir. But you better, you better get to the hospital. He's, he's in intensive care. What happened? It was a suicide attempt, ma'am. Suicide? Oh, no! Soon, in the intensive care unit... The bullet's out, and the kid could make it, but he's given up. He has no will to live. That's terrible. The next morning, the Scots huddle in the hospital waiting room, desperate for more information about their son's progress. Oh, honey, where did we go wrong? How could God do this to us? It doesn't make any sense. Why suicide? 
We've given that kid everything. Sally, Alex, I just heard. How is Tommy? Not good, Ed. He has no will to live. He has to make it. Tommy is my whole life. We gave him the best we could with lots and lots of love. We're good people, Ed. I'm a church deacon and a good lodge member. A lodge member? Alex, are you a mason? Yes. Didn't you know that, Ed? I'm a Shriner, and uh, I sponsor the NRA. I had no idea you were into witchcraft and did such heinous things such as conjure up spells and sponsor the NRA. Witchcraft? Spells? Are you crazy? Masonry makes us better Christians and NRA members. Yes, at our Eastern Star meetings, we always sing Christian hymns and talk about Jesus and polish our guns, apparently. <clears throat> and another thing, the Bible is always open at lodge, and our prayers are in God's name. I curse my staff at thee who says it's anti-Christian, and you don't know what you're talking about! Oh, yes, I do! I was a mason until I found out about Pemphomet! Ooh! This great architect of the universe! You pray to is not the god of the Bible. It's really Baphomet. And he's ugly, frightening, and completely satanic and scares small children. That's impossible. I've never heard of that name. Have you, Dr. Zayas? I mean, Sally, my wife? <laughs> no, I haven't. Of course not, Sally. Most Masons don't learn about Baphomet until they get to the highest degrees. Wait here. I have a picture of him in the car from my honeymoon. It, it was quite a blast. I'll be right back. This is scary. What did you get us into? You stupid husband. Here he is. Baphomet with my wife. The old god of Baal worship and masonry. Sally, the eastern star symbol is an upside down star, right? So? Well, I don't know how to break this to you, but it's a satanic symbol. Oh, come on, Ed. You've gone too far now. Prove it. Imagine a, an upside down star. Can you see in your mind how it resembles a goat head? The top two points are horns. The middle two ears and the bottom one, the snout and beard, that's a head of Baphomet! That's just your interpretation, Ed. We Masons don't believe that. Maybe you don't, Alex, but one of your leaders did, and I'll stake my overdramatic tone on it! He taught that Satan was the god of masonry. And who might that be? Albert Pike, the Grand Commander, Sovereign Pontiff of Universal Freemasonry, and General Grand Pumbaa. I happen to have a recording of him here. Listen to what he said. Wait, you're recording this? You, n you never told me. That which we must say to the crowd is, we worship a god, but it is the god that one adores without superstition. To you, Sovereign Grand Inspectors General, we say this. You may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st, and 30th degrees. Not the 29th degrees, they're not good enough for it. The Masonic religion should be, by all of us initiates of the high degree, maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine! <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't do that laugh well enough. Can, can we record that again? <laughs> if Lucifer were not God, would Adonai, Jesus, culminate, spread false and harmful statements about him? Yes, Lucifer is God. Man, Albie, you are quite sexy. Why, thank you. Oh, wait, the recording's still going, isn't it? I, I'm sorry about that, but this is the symbol of Baphomet. It was worn by Alistair Crawley, the century's most notorious Satanist. Let me show you another picture. The Sovereign Grand Commander Henry C. Clausen, 33rd degree. Look whose sign is on his hat. Baphomet. Alex, remember when you took your first Masonic oath? Only vaguely. And they asked you, who comes here? I said the NRA. Well, you were wrong. But remember when you said, I'm in darkness and I want to be brought to light? Oh, yeah. Home. At that point, you denied Jesus, who said, I am the light of the world. Plus, you called him liar and a bad dresser. Masonry is just modern ball worship with new titles. The all-seeing eye is from the Egyptian god Osisis. <laughs> to this day, I have a difficult think, time pronouncing it. I think the obelisk is Osiris. a Masonic symbol of a male sex organ right out of ball worship. And God hates it! It's a slap to the face. Masonry is a dark and spiritual force, blending all ungodly religions. When a Christian joins this form of Baal worship, 
He brings spiritual death to his church and family. The word of God teaches him that salvation comes by faith in Christ. But Masonry says good works will get you to that big lodge in the sky with a nice spa. Unfortunately, that lodge is controlled by Satan. Look at the centerpiece of that Masonic temple room at the headquarters of the Mother's Supreme Council of the World in Washington, D.C. Oops. There's Baphomet again. You see, God will never bless a church led by Masons. Whether they be pastors or deacons. Mr. Scott, there's still no improvement in Tommy's condition. He's given up. Tommy's under demonic attack, Sally. Will you let me help? Oh, yes, please, Ed. Alex, being a mason has let witchcraft into your home. I don't understand. What are you saying? That gives Satan's dark forces legal ground there. Tommy's condition may be related. Your red fez under that glass dome is one example. It's just radiating Satanism. And it's actually a shrine butchered 50,000 to Allah. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I think the, the red fez is radiating a little too much Satanism. But in the 8th century, Muslim hordes overran the Moroccan city of Fez and butchered 50,000 Christians. The streets ran red with blood. The Muslim murderers dipped their caps in the blood in honor of Allah. Those blood-stained caps are called fezes, idols dedicated to a false god, a.k.a. Satan. To become a Shriner, you swore a Muslim oath with your hand on the Quran. You prayed to Allah and called that demon the god of your fathers and invited him to all your goth games. Another witchcraft item is your cursed Masonic apron. Aprons worn by high-level Masons are packed with occult symbols, and they lied about the apron being your righteousness at the great white throne judgment. Righteousness comes only from Jesus Christ, never from an apron. Plus, only the damned will will appear at that judgment. No one will be found righteous there. Duh! Renounce masonry, burn those objects, and repent before God, so he can remove this curse you have brought on your family. I was gonna say that you can remove my apron from my waist with my cold, dead hands! But I've changed my mind. Sally? Dr. Cornelius? We're going home right now! We've got work to do! And may God forgive me for bringing witchcraft into our home! Two hours later, the Scots are kneeling in the dirt in their backyard. They look on as nearby, in a metal barrel, all their Masonic paraphernalia crackles and burns in the flames of redemption. Dear Father, I never knew that masonry was witchcraft. I renounce it now, and I ask that you please forgive me for making certain statements in my life and drinking too much. Lord Jesus, I've made you my only master, not Dr. Zayas. Savior and my king are you, Jesus. I've come back to you, Father. Damn you, Masonry! Damn you! Sally and my wife, Ruth, whatever your name is, I cast down my staff and I feel different now! A little louder, I must say. But yes! yes even the house feels clean and light. Hello? It's the hospital. Tommy's awake and wants to see us. His depression is gone and he's as hungry as a bear. Praise God and everybody who has a gun. I'm Charlton Heston. And that's the end of that episode, The Curse of Baffle Met. I, I might want to throw in that that was more of an interpretation of the it, track it was than, an interpretation. than actually the track itself. That is true. There was some interpretive dance being done in the station, which perhaps our listening audience may have missed out on. No, really, it's us. okay. They didn't miss a thing. <laughs> when you're an actor who's won Oscars, you perform however the track tells you. I'm Charlton Heston. We would like to thank Mr. Heston for coming out tonight and appearing on our show. Damn thank you, you masonry! Uh, yes, thank you very much, Charlton. Uh, I'll give you a call on Saturday so we can go golfing. Thank you. All right. Uh, we do have a debate lined up as we usually do, sir. Uh, let's see. Who is our first debater tonight? You, sir. What's your name? I am Sir Frederick Handel, not related to the composer. Sir Frederick Handel. Handel. And uh, I don't know what that said. I believe it said oh, Jerry. And now Jerry. Uh, I believe Jerry is going to be our second debater. Jerry? What is the deal with masonry? I do not understand it. Well, Jerry, Jerry, don't, 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 uh, don't state your position just yet, as we are going to 
find out now what position we're on. Does anybody have a coin? Our traditional flipping coin. I'm always rather broke on this night for some reason, so I never have a coin. <laughs> okay, there we go. We got a coin. Can you please flip it? Heads is you for the track, tails is him. I can't see that. What is it? It's tails. That means Jerry is in favor of the tract. He believes the tract is 100% correct and that masonry is in fact related to Satanism. Whereas Mr. Uh, Mr. Handel over there. It's Handel. Handel. I only have one handle. Which, all right, let's, Mr. Handel uh, says this tract is false. So, uh, starting always goes to the Mr. Falsy. Mr. Falsy, please begin. All right. As Sir Frederick Handel, I would like to state that Satanism is not actually a religion, but a joke put forth against such Christian outrage at the fact that Satan exists, when Satan himself was an angel who fell. Um, okay, and you... <laughs> I do not understand what this man is talking about! We are supposed to be talking about masons, and he is talking about angels? I do not understand this! They mentioned Alistair Crowley in here, and how he was the leader of the Satanist religion movement, but Alistair Crowley made it merely as a joke, as an amusing thing, because how many people do you actually know that worship Satan? Satanism is not about worshipping Satan. It's about an amusing joke and a way to worship God in the way that God likes. They make a joyful noise. They laugh. They right. guffaw. So do you believe then that the Masons are worshipping something that is a joke or that they don't worship Satan? I'm going to go with uh, the latter, Pat Sajak. They don't worship Satan. They don't worship Satan. Where's well, your that proof? is nice to know, Handel. But I would like to talk about airline food. What is the deal with that? Well, I believe believe that airline food is created by Lord Satan himself, and I wish to pledge allegiance to- I, I mean, um, um, I, I don't know anything about that. I don't right. know what you're talking about. It seems pretty clear to me that, according to this here tract, they said that that symbol was a symbol of Satan. So where's- what, if that's the symbol of Satan, how is it not worshipping Satan? Wait, so they're saying that the Star of David twisted- No, no, no. The, up, the regular star upside down. Which is akin to the Star of David. So what they're saying is that if you take- take Judaism and you turn it about 30 degrees, you get Satanists. And that is absolutely well, untrue. Yeah, it, it, you Jews have to take the turn start. 30 degrees from the vertical, look very silly, but they are by no means Satanists. But uh, you'd have to erase one of the points as well, and I don't think that's what they're talking about. What about this Baphomet? Uh, who? Baphomet. Well, um, I, I would like to say that I am quite baffled. There is definitely some bafflement on Baphomet. Baphomet. All right. Well, I do believe. I do believe that um, Mr. Chick has in created this Baphomet and worships him in his home because I certainly have never heard him, and I am an eighth level uh, Mason King. I can. I have a base attack of well, plus four. All right. Well, that may that may be true, but I do believe we actually have an actual Mason. Yes, indeed, we do. In the actual studio, sir. What's your name? I'm Scott Finbill, also known as Scott C. I'm the WHRW, and I am a thirty-second degree Mason. Thir thirty. Second. Now, according to this, second degree burns. That's terrible. According yeah, to yeah. this tract, specifically, yeah. it mentions you. It says yeah. that mm -hmm. the, the brethren of the thirty second degree are going to actually be told the secret, which is that they worship Satan. Well, actually, uh, there is a secret involved, but uh, it has actually nothing to do with Satanism. And uh, if you want to get into it, well, I'll tell you an interesting fact. It just so happens I'm sitting next to Jerry Seinfeld here. Uh, did you know, in fact, that Michael Richards is a thirty third degree Mason in Sacramento, California? I did not know this. Played Kramer. Yes, he is indeed. The real reason here that uh, Jack Chick and many others uh, attack Freemasons is simply because the Masons during the Middle Ages uh, were an Enlightenment group who just wanted knowledge through literacy, and uh, the church at the time didn't like that idea because that would mean the peasants would learn things that what they were doing was wrong, and they just basically told the peasants, these people are evil. So the Masons went underground, and that made them look more evil. As for Satanism, this is completely off. All right, first off, very few Masonic aprons have any uh, ornaments on them at all. Secondly, you are not receiving the white apron as a badge of righteousness. You receive it as a symbol of purity. And uh, 
goodness in life, not as righteousness. You are not you are not told that you will carry it to the the judgment. Uh, you will not stand before God clad in your apron. Well, Scott, I, okay, see, I'm getting a little you, confused. No, it no, go appears ahead. that go Jack ahead. Chick has been caught with his pants down around the satanic see, altar. That's what I don't understand. Oh, if, Scott C, do you know if Oprah Winfrey was a Mason? Uh, no, only males can be a Mason. Well, well, I'm on the subject. She's fat. She's thin. She's fat. She's thin. But actually, I do. I do have a question. If what you're saying is true, then I don't understand what. Why would Jack Chick say something that isn't true? Oh, very simple. Propaganda. I but think, what does he stand to gain from it? No, I think I know exactly why Jack Trick is mad at them. When Jack Trick was three, Shit. actually, I think he was about eight. Jack Trick basically, uh, Chick went to church, and one of the Masons um, made fun of him, and because he was wearing his shirt backwards, and he has forever hated Masons. Now I don't understand That's an why. Theory. Why would a Mason be in a church when they worship Satan? Uh, no, he was on his way to church when oh. Jack Trick. Jack Chick was worshiping Satan. Really interesting. No, this certainly makes my part I of thought... the argument much easier. That certainly does in a roundabout way. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going, but uh, all right. So well, where's your friend? I, you I have. Jack? I have. I have a question. All right. Uh, they. They. Did you. Did you make any uh, promises on the Quran by any chance? Uh, no, I didn't. No, and and what about the Fez thing and the dipped in blood, etc.? Well, that may be a historical fact. I can't. I can't vouch for that, but. But uh, most of the fezes I've ever seen are black fezes, not red. Well, really. I guess that's the color of blood after a while. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. That's that's pretty funny. Well, how could can be. you explain that in the movie Bye Bye Birdie, during the Shriner scene, all of these Shriner caps are red? Ah, I see. Shriners do have red caps, but uh, the oh, grotto, what? which is considered by many to be the poor man's shrine, actually has black caps and black fezes. Now, which which branch are you in? I'm actually a. Th- I'm part of the Scottish Rite, which is... Uh, the 32nd degree. I'm also part of the grotto, and I'm also part of uh, Blue Lodge, which is the uh, the basic lodge. Now, what is the chance that maybe while your branch doesn't worship Satan, perhaps the Shriners actually do worship Satan? Uh, because Satan. it all comes back to your original lodge, and that is the core tenant. And I know a number of Shriners. Uh, in fact, my father's a Shriner, and, well, I've never heard of any Satan worshiping in anything. Honestly, I, I really have not. This, all right, this well, track makes me laugh. Now, d- uh, is it true that you you guys covered for Jack the Ripper. See, that's an interpretation made by a comic book. Yeah, but is it there true? Has been, there has been actually no proof uh, for or against it. Okay. And as we all know, comic books are true. All yes, right. people can fly, and they can shoot things out of their hands. Yes, all right, citizen, that's true. I am Superman. I must now go out, race some trains. I'll be back later. Wait! Shoo! And do you actually Man, control... I was going to be in another American Express commercial with... Do you uh, actually hello, control I, the I am, world? I am oh, handled yes. back... Um, did anything interesting happen while I was gone? Superman Anyone was here. No. Superman no. was here again? That yes, he was. That always happens. I know. Weird. You're always away when something interesting happens. That's Just odd. bad luck. It I be. wonder. I think you should star mm. up on film next time so you don't have to keep going off to get more film. Yes, yes. I should yes, probably I do that. So. so you said there was a secret. Do you want to tell it to everyone oh, over the radio? T- no, I can't tell you the <laughs> secret. Does it have to do with pie? No, it does not have to do with pie. Not Although pie can be involved if you want it to be, I guess. Is the secret that Jack Trick... At a Masonic dinner, pie is probably served around Thanksgiving, I'm guessing. Is is the secret that Jack Chick is um, actually a Mason? I I don't know if he is. I'm guessing, based on this track and uh, other pamphlets he's created, that no, he's not. He might just want to Well, he says he's actually interviewed Masons to make his track. Hmm. What what about about Baphomet? Well, ex-Masons who are now, you know, serving Jesus. Have you heard of Baphomet? Uh, No, not until I read this track, believe it or not. Really? Okay. And what is that that symbol that's in the track? Do you know what that is? Uh, I d- well, actually, the uh, I the can symbol, draw it for you if you uh, don't. No, know I know this. the symbol. Okay. Uh, and honestly, that symbol I have never seen on a hat or above anything until this track. And wow. I've seen quite a bit. I have never seen that. In fact, if you take that symbol that is in the track and look at the Episcopalian cross, there's a distinct yeah. similarity between the two. Because unusual. Episcopalian. And what about all the stuff Pike said about it being like? Does is Pike recognized by? masonry is knowing what he's talking about or well i don't know about that 
Um, but I will tell you that the Sovereign Pontiff of Universal Freemasonry is a false title, as okay. well as... What about the Sovereign <clears throat> Grand Inspector well General? As, that, that is also a wrong one. And also the Mother Supreme Council of the World. I have never <laughs> heard of that. I've never heard of that. But it's in Washington. <laughs> a Grand lot of things are in Washington. Now, however, you will notice that directly after he said in Washington, D.C., he said, oops, that could have meant that he was lying and he just didn't have anything to go back and fix the track afterwards when he realized that he was lying. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Lying, yes. Yes. Well, no, he's used to lying. My name is Ed, and I was the one who said that. What about the Grand Pumbaa of Masonry? The Grand Pumbaa is from the Flintstones. <laughs> and right. that's was not loyal- actually in the original track. Right, and it's also about the, uh, the that's a, the loyal order of the water buffaloes based on the Elks Lodge, which is a whole different thing entirely. Ed, I it's have a question for you. You're what? not fooling me, but I'm going to go back to the other side of the hey, fourth Ed, wall now. Wait, Ed, wait. What? I have a question for you. Why is it that you have all of this Baphomet information <laughs> on your person yeah, at like the hospital? in your car and... <laughs> well, truth be told, I'm a secret agent. That's uh, where the drag tone comes from. Oh, secret I knew there was something strange man. about you. Secret agent man. I've told I'll you too much. I have to go back to the fourth wall now. See you! Alright, uh, Mr. Fimbo, yeah. I have one more question before okay. we finish up. Fire away. What about what Mr. and Mrs. Scott say at the beginning? Does being is is masonry a a Christian organization? Does it make you a quote unquote better Christian? It depends. You see, masonry actually accepts all faiths, which may be another reason why the well, Christians lash out at it. That's rather new, though, isn't it? I mean, didn't you used to not accept Catholics and not accept actually no? They accepted Catholics all along. It was the Catholics who said no. Uh, so they said no Catholic can become a Mason, and then they turned around and created the Knights of Columbus, um, which is based almost exactly on Freemasons. Oh. And their their uh their ways of doing things they based it on them. But no, any uh any religion can join a Freemason lodge if they wish. Do you ha- don't you have to have a relative who was a Freemason nope. though? No. Nope. Not anymore. Wait, Wait hold on. You don't need a relative uh, anymore? No, you don't you never did. Oh. Uh the 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 secret of uh, Freemasonry why people don't think uh, that they're ever included, you know, they were like why haven't they ever asked me? It's because uh part of our theory is that to be one you should ask one because we do not want to impose upon free will, which is a god-given right. And last question. Yes. No, no, I got one question. Oh, oh, somebody else has another question, too. I got one question. All right. Now, isn't Freemasonry for men only? It is, but there are a number of women's uh, organizations within the Freemasons uh, to allow for wives, spouses, or just family members in general, sisters, aunts. Can women join them? Or just women who might want to be in the organization. They can can join, uh, they cannot join the Freemason Lodge, but they can join Eastern Star, the Cauldron, which is the, uh, and the Shriners counterpart to that. And the final, okay, final question. All right. What is it? Oh, you, I'm sorry. Somebody else has another question, so not quite the final. Okay. I was just curious as to how you can go about saying that Shriners don't worship Satan when they obviously pay for deformed children's operations to help them and other foundations like that. Why don't you attack St. Jude's Children's Hospital as well? All right, I will. (laughs) Or UNICEF. Bring it on. Fork and I will attack the cathedral. I heard that Jude was another name for Satan. Well then, hey Jude. <laughs> what do you know? I Jude, guess the Beatles worship Satan as well. Don't take it bad. Well, take a sad song and make it better. It's all about telling Satan, don't feel so bad about being in hell. Oh. Um, you know, your sad well, song. That, that's oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Why would someone name track. their kid Rango? That hey. does not make any sense. Uh, Hayden, can you name then explain Ringo, uh, Can you then explain Richard. the parrot over your shoulder line in reference to Satan then? Uh, uh, would you repeat the line? Uh, I'm sure that our host knows a no, lot about the Beatles. Um, it's um the, m- the movement you need is on your shoulder. Yes, can you explain that? Maybe um, that is referring the to the shoulder. angel and the devil fighting on the shoulders? It I could don't know. be. It could also refer to um, the Athenian toga that was worn around the shoulder and refer to democracy, which, as you may know, mm. was first started as opposed in, in the mythological sense of the religion with Satan when he was kicked out of heaven, oh. and that could be where it comes from. Ah. And the so parrots you need, parrots so- are referred with talking and the free talking and all that. Oh, I see. Well, there you go. Uh, proof positive, folks. Hey Jude is actually about Satan. That's really impressive if you ask me. Indeed. And, uh, final, have- so this is the actual final question. Okay. What does the Masons have to do with actual Masonry? Uh, originally, a lot. Uh, originally, we uh, they were the Masons Guild. 
in the Middle Ages, but as time has gone on, they've become more uh, symbolic masonry rather than actual masonry. Symbolic in that there's... Symbolic is, is in the, the symbols, the working tools, uh, you know, the, you see the square and compass uh, mm-hmm. logo. Those are, uh, you know, mason, mason tools back in the Middle Ages and farther back, and uh, which just uh, symbolic freemasonry is what it's called, basically. So they or, no longer make uh, buildings or Well, no, actually a lot do, and actually uh, when you see a number of public buildings go up, often uh, they bring in local mason lodge to lay the cornerstone. Hmm. Well, that's really impressive. This is definitely 100% the oh, most, oh, educational. most educational. And if, excuse me, I have to go prepare for the Mad Trivia Party in a half hour. Alright, enjoy, and we will see you shortly. And the Mad Trivia Party is not a satanic ritual. WHRW's only live call-in trivia show. Brought Been to on you. the air for 25 years. Brought to you by Satan, right? No, we just said it, it wasn't Satan. Oh, no. Uh, so, Mephistopheles. Uh, sure. Lord of Lord of Light or Lord of Darkness? Lord of, a little bit of both. Lord, I think. Of, lies. Lord, Lord of, of the lies. Opaque, maybe. Lord of the Opaque. Lord of dim things. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to Tractor Fiction. Oh, yeah. We're going to see who won the debate. Uh, and the winner is... I think Scott won the Wait, hold debate. on. We're going to find out. Oh, <laughs> all right. Handle. Handle, you won. I, I have won this debate hands down. Although, I must say, you had a lot of help from uh, Mr. Football. Well, I think it just has to do with the fact that Jerry did not know that. What is the deal with masonry? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. But uh, this is Frank Allen. I'm signing off for Tractor Fiction. Everybody enjoy. That episode of Tractor Fiction featured Frank Allen, Aaron Bass, Rich Bellin, Scott Finbo, Nicholas Roach, Angela Tymon, Devin White, and Jordan D. White. Thank you, uh, Rory. That's very nice of you to read those credits like that for me. Oh, you're very welcome. And I, I know, I, I know it is nice of me to do that because, of course, if, if you did it, it wouldn't sound nearly as good. No, it would sound fine. It would sound fine if I did it. I mean, I do the preview section at the end, but it, it's just that I, that's the position that you got. You do the credits part. I do the preview part. No, I know. I know, of course. Um, I'm just saying it is nice of me to do that. Thank you, uh, ego man. You know, I can't even, I don't even know. Why are you trying to start with me? I told you this is a big show for me. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I was just commenting. I know you were commenting, but that's just, I don't understand. Why you Guys, okay, uh, this is going to be the exciting big part of the show, right? I mean, so let's let's get to it now. Frank, you don't have this interview done yet. I mean, usually when we when we record the host segments, that's usually the last thing we record, right? So you so we've already got the interview done, and we just kind of plop plop it in here. But this time you don't have it, right? No, no. Uh, but I, what I've done is I've lined it up. Uh, it's just going to be recorded a little bit later in the weekend. But I've lined up everything. It's going to be very exciting. It's very relevant to the track we just listened to. I know it was already an extra long track, but uh, you know it was a fascinating topic, and we've got more information for you. Now, I don't. Again, I don't want to spoil what it is for for you, Jordan, or for you, Rory. But I think everybody's going to be very excited when they hear it. We're just, so that's why we're just going to record all this, like you said, Jordan. We're just going to record all this and then slot it in. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll put together all the 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 host stuff and. We'll put together all the episodes, and then I'll cut a little spot in the middle, and you can, um, when, as soon as you get it done, you can give it to me, and we'll stick it right in the middle and uh, be fine with it. Excellent. That's going to be great. Everybody at home, sit back and listen to this. You are going to have a blast. This is going to be the biggest interview I've had so far. Here we go. Frank Allen Interviews. Frank Allen Interviews. Starring Frank Allen. Hi. Um... Well, uh, basically, it it didn't happen. It fell through. Uh, I mean, I, I had a big plan, just like I said, and it was going to be really great. Um, but it just it it didn't it didn't happen. Well, what? Okay, what I was going to do was I mean, I'll tell you what I was going to do. What I was going to do was, uh, you know, that tract, right? That guy Scott, who is actually again, he's actually a Freemason. He became the 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 head of the Freemasons of all of our area in Binghamton, I believe. But I was going to have him on talking about saying Freemasons were good and talking about why as much as he could, because I'm sure it's super secret and uh, Satan doesn't want him to. Or no, I mean, I guess it's probably not Satan. But the point is, I was going to have him on. And then on the, on the counterpoint, I was going to, I was going to have Charlton Heston on because uh, I mean, you'll, you, you probably noticed that Charlton Heston was in that tract. He was in the one before too. He, He was on the show a number of times. But it's been a while since I've seen him or since I've had him on, and I was going to have him on as well. Now, I, it fell, like I said, it fell through. So I didn't have them instead. 
Uh, I was gonna. I mean, it was gonna be really cool. I was gonna. I was gonna set it up so that uh, they were both recording, and I was recording here, and I was gonna then put, bring it together, and we we're gonna shoop, put it all together, and it was gonna sound great. I mean, because I probably couldn't have them in the physical studio, but but like I said, it was gonna be really cool. Because Charlton, I don't know if you know, Charlton still doesn't believe that Freemasons are good. He still thinks they're jerks, and you know, obviously Scott still thinks that Freemasons are good because he is one, and he thinks he's good. I mean, probably. I don't know. I don't know what he thinks of himself. The point is, he, they were going to both be debating, kind of, you know, I mean, not really debate, like a formal debate, but like, you know, discussing whether or not Freemasonry was. Da, 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 da. I mean, you know, it didn't happen. So, look, don't, I mean, you know, don't let this, don't let this sway your opinion of me, okay? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a good host. I mean, here I am vamping for time when I, I have time to fill. You know, so I, I can obviously do that sort of thing, you know, and I can talk about other stuff. I can talk about politics. You know, at one point we were worried that if we didn't air car debate, that the, 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 the primary would be over by the time it aired. Well, we didn't have that trouble. So I could talk about politics. I could talk about uh, Obama, you know, all that stuff. John McCain. John McCain is a guy, you know, he's running for president. Well, I, don't, I don't know if he's so good. I mean, so I've got, I've got a lot of knowledge. I've got abilities that I can showcase, and I was going to showcase them with this debate. It was going to be really well done. Like I said, it was going to be a, you know, one side, the other side. And we were going to work it out, but, you know, it didn't happen. <sighs> I don't know. You know, I, I mean, it was going to, it, it was really going to be good. So, uh, I mean, next time, I mean, I'll, I'm going to do another one. I mean, I'll, I'll work it out. I'll have, and like I said, I'm, I'm friends, I'm, fr I'm basically friends with Charlton. I haven't talked to him in a while. I don't know why, but, I was trying to get in touch with him, and I couldn't. Anyway, the point is, I'm going to get in touch with him. I'm going to have him on later. Probably not next week, but as soon as I can. And next week, I'll try to do, you know, some other thing. So, let me, you know, if you're if you were listening to just this episode for some reason, you know, listen again next week, because it's I'm going to have more stuff. This isn't the way it usually goes. I don't usually have nothing. I usually have something. So, all right, well... I guess, uh, you know, no point in keeping this going. So we'll get back to the show. But like I said, next week, I'll figure, I'll figure something out for next week and it'll be good and it'll be, it'll be worth your time. Not that this isn't worth your time. I mean, but it will be more because there's, there'll be somebody else besides me. It won't just be me. So, I'm, yeah, come, come back, come back next, come back next week, please. Thanks. Frank Allen Interviews. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, now that you've heard that, I'm sure you are all just uh, having a great time. Uh, that was a really, like I said, if, if everything goes according to plan, that's going to have been the best part of the show by far. By far. Great interview. Two special guests. Spoiler. Well, spoiler for, not spoiler for the listener, but spoiler for these guys. You got, you're going to have two guests? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As the listeners already know. <laughs> yeah. Two guests. Uh, point is, thank you for this opportunity, and uh, thank you all for listening. I'm sure it was worth your while, if you know what I mean. Are you hitting on the, the audience? No, that's not what I meant by you know what I mean. I mean, like, you know, it was, it, that it was worth their while. Very subtle. Good stuff. All right. Well, um, what are we, we going to do now? No, that's the end of the show. I mean, that's all we've got time for today. We had such a long episode and we had this bonus thing and we had all sorts of stuff. That's just about it. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, no, but we'll be back next week and we'll, uh, next week we'll have, I think, three shows. Yeah. Next week we'll have three shows. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I will leave you again with, uh, the waxwork theme E subtitled Endless Waxwork. Now, the, the version that you're hearing and the version that you heard at the beginning were kind of the live edit, but I'll t clue you in that it wasn't really live. I was faking it. I used a fake audience. Uh, so I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna upload the remastered version of this to the website, but I think I'll also upload the, uh, remastered non-live version with the audience left out. So you can probably download that as well. Um, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. I would like to thank everybody for being here. Thank you, Scapey. You've been silent for a while. What? <clears throat> what? Did you, did you fall asleep? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was bored. I was just hanging out, you know. What do you want? I want you to stay awake for the, you know, no treats this time. Ah! No treats this time! No, you fell asleep during the show. You can't fall asleep during the show and get treats rewarded for it. You stink. That's, now you're really not getting treats. I was just saying it before. Ah, that's not even fair! How can I know if you're telling the truth or not? You can't. Just be good all the time and assume that that's the only way. Huh, that's terrible. Well... Sorry. Thank you, Rory, for doing a great uh, segment with um, 
parental raisingness. It was, of course, my pleasure, and I'm sure uh, you can contact me uh, at the usual ways through the Brooklyn Institute if you want to uh, have my services. Okay, thank you. I didn't know we were doing advertisements, but all right. And, of course, finally, thank you, Frank, for giving us, apparently, a, a super spectacular show, which I haven't heard the spectacular part yet, but thank you so much for that. Oh, you, I mean, you'll, thank, you'll be thanking me next time when you've, when you've heard it, because it is going to be something else. It is going to be something else. And uh, thank you. I, can I just say one more thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Before, right before we go, quick though, I wanted to say thank you for listening to this. Uh, to uh, you know who out there. Uh, thank you for giving me the chance. I hope you like what you heard, and I look forward to hearing from you in the future. Okay, so, so <laughs> we're like running a an advertisement and a uh, audition tape and a nap time. This episode. We're, are you not like a restaurant? That's for sure. No, we're n- no, we never claim to be a. Re- All right, Waxwork theme is playing. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. We'll be seeing you. On the next episode of Cast and Wax, on Decker and Hayes, McGinnis offers them some insight on their case. Oh, my husband. Oh, I'm so vulnerable. I need to be protected. Just dripping with seduction. The story stunk and I told her so. I said we weren't buying that she was peddling. You homo. In Debatatorium, the topic of torture is unleashed. No, no, but what he's saying is that, that torture's bad and he doesn't like it. It's really reverse psychology. He's trying to get you to use it against him when, in fact, you shouldn't. He loves it and he wants more of it. I can see it on his face. What nationality are you, sir, might I ask? Um, American? Thought so. And in Epic Echoes, the flashback takes out their color swatches. Definitely an impenetrable mauve cloud. Are you sure it's mauve? I was thinking more of a lavender. Or even a light magenta. Hi, back to the part where it doesn't matter what color it is. All this, plus Rory Sinjin's This Day in History and Where Are They Now in History. Plus, I'm going to have another amazing Frank Allen interview just like this time. And it's all coming your way June 2nd on Waxwork.com.